0: students, come to me. <laughs> fire, so <laughs> I'm so excited about Firesburg. So Firesburg, get out of here! <laughs> no, and also, I'm so stoked that students are excited to have me from the Bible. Lily does a great job. Yeah. We love them, but we more of love, love, love that. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, how are you speaking? Let's say it's for middle schoolers. Middle school. Oh, middle schoolers. If you're in high school, you're in adult now. Yes? No? no. <laughs> all right. Say Good. All right. All right. Can I be honest with you guys, I'm into it a little bit, uh, this whole week I've been praying for you guys, as I do, because I love you guys, and uh, as I was, I really had a story, and like, I wanted to do something specific, and I was really pumped, and like, I got here this morning, and I prayed, and I was pumped, and we got the first service, and I was just like tongue-tied, and I couldn't think straight, and stuff happened, and I was really... Pretty angry to be honest. Like I'm not somebody that, you know, every time I start to tell, like, say to be home or anything like that, <laughs> but I really felt like the enemy is after us this morning. Mm. And here's why, a couple things. Number one, Wonder Camp's gonna be awesome. Yep. Wonder Camp's gonna be seriously one of those things that we're gonna look back ten years from now and be like, that was the good old days. You know, that was when God showed up. He's still <laughs> gonna show up ten years from now. Uh we believe that, but we know that Wonder Camp is gonna be an awesome testimony of God working through us in this community. But I, I just believe that God wants to do something special here this morning. And then he's trying to stop it. And it's making me pretty angry. And if I look I like I'm on like cage tiger, get <laughs> <'Cause> I <am>. get calls. <laughs> so we're going to pray real quick and jump in. God, I thank you for who you are. Yes, sir. God, I thank you that the enemy has already been defeated. Yes. He's yes. just a bad loser. He's angry. But we're going to keep our focus on you. God, you have a plan this morning. You're going to work this morning. Your spirit's poured out. We're going to come after you like never Amen. Yes, God. God, we thank you that it's not by a wise words, but by the power of the Spirit that yes. people are saved, that we grow deeper in you. It's not by our cleverness, but God, it's only by you. Yes, God. God, if it takes the wife life being down and dropping off you, tear it down. <laughs> God, if it takes me missing, messing up words, God mess up my words, God, if it takes our music team uh doing awesome, make them do awesome. But God, do whatever it takes to make us realize how awesome you are yes, God. in your name yes. and pray. Amen. Amen Awesome, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn At Matthew chapter 28 We're going to be there the whole service good. But I have a question for you guys What is the purpose of our church? If somebody came up to you and said Hey, you go to church, what's, what's the purpose of your church? What's your mission statement? Now some of us might be like Hey, it's, it's fellowship, it's spending time with other Christians You know, we all grew up loving Jesus We live in the same community We like food, we like hanging out And can I tell you, there's some truth to that. John says that unbelievers will know Christians by their love for one another. Mm -hmm. So when we come and we gather and we love one another, we enjoy each other, that's part of it. Secondly, some of us might say it's not about preaching and teaching. It's about the knowledge and growing deeper in our understanding. And there's some truth to that too. Mm -hmm. Hosea chapter 4 says that people perish because of lack of knowledge. We understand that learning the Bible is a huge part of what the church does. Can I tell you, although those are both apart, I don't think those are the full scope. I want to propose this morning that the church, the church is about the mission of God. Yeah. In the climax of the Gospel of Matthew, we find Jesus giving his disciples one last point into the direction that he wants to go. He alludes lose all the Gospels, so I'm here to see you the last. reach out, be about people, preach the Gospel, mm-hmm. and today... He's going to hit the nail on the head one last time. I want to summarize the mission of the church like this. The church, fueled by authority in the presence of Christ, is called to be God's vehicle, a diesel truck, I'm hoping, and <laughs> bring the to Him, to make disciples of all people without distinction. If you are in Matthew 20, say there. There. Yeah. Cool. All three of us are there. We're going to the rest of the year. we have your Bible after you're going to see on Tuesdays. We're going to start in verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which uh, Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And when they saw him, uh, oh, bring something again, so good. And Jesus came and said to them, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit." teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always at the end of the earth. Mm. Let's pray. God, I now thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for this awesome word, this, this mission that we get to be a part of. And I pray as we hear God, your word says that as we sing songs, as we lift you up, the you drop them onto yourself. Mm-hmm. God, I pray even as we preach your word, as we sing songs, that you even now begin to drop them onto yourself. That is this week as we head towards Wonder Camp, that even now you begin to soften people's hearts. Yes. That you would draw children, you would draw families, that they come and maybe uh, they, they do even come because of the prize, but when they show up, it's the power of the true living That's God right. that she is yes. life. God, I thank you for these people. They serve well, they love well. I pray that we keep our focus and eyes on you. Yes. That we be a church known by the presence of the living God. Yes. Your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you're taking notes, my first point is this. The church is fueled by the presence of Jesus. Yeah. In the context of this passage, Jesus has just died and resurrected. And for 40 days after he resurrected, before he sent him into heaven, he spent time with his disciples. He was teaching them, he was made around them. And this passage right here takes place in the midst of those 40 days. It says that it happened on the mountain. I think we need to take some time to talk about that because the mountain in the Gospel of Matthew seems very significant. In fact, in Matthew, chapter 5, Jesus preaches the Sermon on the Mount showing that he is the greater Moses and he gives the greater law. Mm. In Matthew 17, Jesus is transfigured with Moses and Elijah being there, showing that Jesus fulfills both the law and the prophets. And in Matthew 28 here, he shows up and sends his church and his disciples on a mission, showing again that he's a greater Moses giving people the purpose of their life. All of scholars believe that more than just the 11 disciples were on this mountain. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul alludes that there were maybe up to 500 people there when he came the reason why this is important, I love this quote, is because the commandment here is given to go and make disciples of all nations and that's not done with a hierarchy. It's a command given to everyone mm-hmm. whether you're an apostle or not. It fits all those who love and follow Jesus Christ. The Great Commission is not just for pastors, mm-hmm. it's not just for elders, it's not just for those that are been coming here for a long time, it's for all Christians. I love that this passage mentions that although some people worship him, some hesitated and they doubt Looking at Matthew and that verse, it says that Jesus drew near to them. As Jesus approached them, his presence and his word dispel all their fear. Notice Jesus doesn't shame them. He doesn't put them down. He says, How you? know, he doesn't say, How dare you uh, doubt me? But he just comes knowing that his presence and his word is enough. It's yes. going to change their life. But I love the fact that Matthew still leaves that portion there. I'm thankful because it sets an example for us. The disciples didn't go from these these fearful people to all of a sudden spiritual giants. It wasn't like a switch happened, but it was like a process over time. It gives us hope if we're not there yet. Because if we were honest, I think all of us have been in situations where, in the midst of our worship, maybe even this morning, there's some fears and doubts. There's some situations in our life where we're saying, Jesus, I know who you are, but I'm scared, I'm nervous, I don't understand, what am I supposed to do? We've all been in situations that in the midst of God's presence, in the midst of our worship of him, we tell. I hope this encourages you because Jesus isn't here to put us to shame, but when he shows up and we worship him, when his presence is here, he's here to change our lives. Mm -hmm. We understand that he encourages us and he shows up to help us be a part of this great mission. He says, I'm with you to the end of the age. Matthew began his gospel, naming Jesus Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Jesus ends this saying that I am always with you. Jesus starts and ends his ministry, being that God is with us. Hmm. We understand that we have a God that doesn't just show and go away. We're not leaving some deistic God that, that builds something and walks away, but he's with us every, every day. That's right. That's good. John Scott says, now as he repeats the promise of his presence, he attached it rather to the witness than to the worship. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. It's not only when we meet here in this place that God shows up, but it's also when we go out to the world preaching yeah, his Yeah, that's really good. He's saying that it's not about all of us coming and mm-hmm. singing songs and hearing preaching all of that support, He's saying that when you go to your neighbor, yeah. when you go to that family member, when you go to that coworker, when you're living your life, the gospel is with us. He's with us. Mm. He's with us. Mm. Jesus immediately fills his disciples with courage. He says, Stop being consumed by your fears and your doubts. Stop looking at your own inability, your own inadequacy, and look to me. Mm-hmm. Because if we're honest, we all fall short. Yeah. And God doesn't lower the standard. He keeps the same high standard, but he says it's okay. Because it's not about you, it's about me. Also, very importantly, notice that Jesus uses the word all four times in this short passage. Everyone say all. Oh. 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 That was terrible. Let's try this again. Pretend it's a game. Everyone say oh. Oh. Oh, that's all. Alright. So Jesus possesses oh. all authority. He sends us to all nations. We are to teach people all he commands. We are to know that he will be with us all the days. That's good. Good job, guys. There's a sense in this passage that what Jesus is saying is our life and our relationship with him is all-inclusive. There's no compartmentalizing your faith. There's no putting Jesus croutons on your face. (laughs) It's all or nothing. Jesus knows his worth and he says, you are either, you're either doing this or not. Christ drew near to them and it says that they knew him. And once they knew him, he says, now that you know me, go and make me know. Can I tell you in the simplest way? That's the Christian life. Knowing Jesus and then making him known. Jesus tells them in the beginning I think you do this because he gives he has all authority and he's going with them he gives them all authority something I found really interesting about this is the authority that Jesus mentioned in the early on is the official right it would be like going to court and saying hey I have the title this is mine and Jesus says all authority on heaven and earth is mine and I give it to you to go That's why we can go confidently when we share. Because we understand that Jesus didn't say, hey, bad boy, good luck. But he goes with us and he equips us. Since Jesus Christ today has full authority, we may obey him without fear. No matter where he leads us, no matter what circumstances we face, he is in control. By his death and resurrection, Jesus defeated all enemies and won for himself all authority. Our church is fueled by the authority of Jesus. And he uses that authority to tell us to go and bring others under that authority. Now I know some of you are probably very similar to me. Maybe you're an intense control freak. Uh, I know I'm cat's out of the day. shocker, and I know. Um, to the point that me and my family had made a rule that we don't play board games together. <laughs> and here's why because either it's high limits or the boards on the floor <laughs> I can't think of how many times like my family gets so frustrated because all we be winning and we're almost in the and somehow they just pull off and I'm just like boom get out of here I it's me or not come on and so and I take that kind of attitude with me everywhere I go my wife gets so annoyed because we'll be driving uh, down I-5 and somebody will be going like a mile faster than me I'm like, jump, jump. and I'm like challenge challenge me and I just zoom out of there My number one nemesis is my GPS. And here's why. It's like you will arrive at 7.35. I was like, you want that? 7.33? 7.33? Watch, watch. watch. The phone's not charging at me. Sorry. I love being in control. I love being in the driver's seat. And so one of my least favorite experiences is riding a plane. I don't want to go in for your poor security. I mean, uh, they kind of make me feel awkward when I'm in a padding. I'm like, i to have this. It's cool. I get it. We get through everything. We get a snack. It's all cool. But what drives me nuts is I'll be sitting there and I'll look at my boarding pass for my Rachel. It says we're boarding at 6.15, It's six (laughs) seventeen. Hey, did you know it's was We're supposed to be on two minutes ago. Like, come on, turn it up. Let's turn it up. She's like, stop. Stop. You know? They don't need your help. I'm like, well, they obviously do. It's <laughs> We get on the plane. We sit down. And I'm like, hey, it says it's going to take off at 7 o'clock. It's 7 on 2. It's 7 on 2. And the lady's like, do you need some water? like, please, please calm down. And I'm like, I just need to talk to your captain. One second, one second. And she's like, uh, as helpful as you would be, just to sit down. And I'm like, no, no, it's cool. Like, I got this. in my was Stop. She's like Sunday, buddy. Sunday was a real thing. The Irish big scary just don't no, we help. Just sit down. I hate, I hate, hate, hate not being in the driver's seat, not being in control. But can I tell you? Jesus is a good captain. Jesus is true to his promises. We can make and trust on Jesus. When Jesus says, this is this what's gonna happen? It's gonna happen. That's right kid comes up, this is my last point. The church is called to make disciples of Jesus. And I tell you, whatever God calls us to do, he's going to equip and supply needs. If he calls us to the stone path, he's going to give us the best work that's I say, I'm like, about going to do Jesus' is universal worship now demands a universal mission. Knowing that we are fueled by his presence and authority, he calls us to fulfill his mission of making disciples. I love the fact that Matthew uses the quote, draw near, when Jesus talks about his authority, that it comes out of a relationship. That he says, draw near to me, know me, be in a relationship with me, and together let's go and make disciples of the whole world. If Jesus wasn't to go with us, how stigmatizing what that mission called me. They say go to all people, all the world. And sometimes I don't even want to go to my neighbor. But Jesus says, I'm dealing with you. And I've equipped you to do it. Notice, and this is really important, it doesn't say make converts. It doesn't say see how many hands you can get raised. Because ultimately the word disciple in the Greek means people, it means learner means that we're going to make learners of Christ. Not not somebody that simply made an emotional decision, but somebody that chooses to follow him and make much of him for the rest of their life. So what is Jesus ultimately saying in this passage? He's saying the way to make disciples is to go, baptize, to teach. James Boyce says this, preach the gospel to them so through the power the scriptures and the work of the Holy Spirit, they are converted from sin to Christ and follow Him. And that's precisely what the disciples did. They went everywhere to proclaim Jesus. They called people to repentance. And as the Lord brought new believers to them, and they joined the church, they were baptized and taught by the disciples. They then made the disciples reproducers, so it wasn't just about making a one-time disciple, but it was about making disciples who making more disciples. One of my all-time favorite prophets, uh, he didn't mention the Bible, and he's pretty good. His name is John Cash. Uh, he has this really cool song called God's Gonna Cut. You know, where's it going with this? I know, here we go. And he says, I heard a voice so sweet that I thought I heard the sound of angels speak. And a voice came down, and I stood still. He said, John, go do my will. Go tell the long-term liar. Go tell the midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. The sooner or later, God's going to cut me down. And then he goes on to say, you can run for a long time. And sooner or later, that's going to cut you down. In this, in this secular song, God makes known his gospel. And it's simply this that Jesus is coming back mm-hmm. and he's coming back as Lord mm-hmm. when he comes back it's not a matter of if you accept that he's Lord or not when he comes back it's are you with me or are you against me and I don't want to sound scary and I'm not trying to say fire person but what I am saying is the judgment's real and is coming mm-hmm. and the most loving thing that we can do is remind people that the world is sick and broken and all of us are sick and broken people, and we need a real Savior. John Johnny Cash uses a song to point out the Savior, and we need to use our life to do the same thing. See, Jesus' mission, in Luke chapter 19, 10, says, He is here to seek and save the lost. And guess what? He tells us that we get to do the exact same thing. So the Great Commission is simply living on the mission of yeah. God. Yeah, And notice the scope of it. It's not go to one person, check out for this, and you're done. It's not, hey, you told a couple of neighbors, or right? hey, you went you know, on a two-year mission or your trip or anything. It's saying go to all nations. Every person in this world, past and present, mm-hmm. needs to hear the gospel of Christ. Yeah. think the card says this. The all nations is a good translation, but it suggests political boundaries. The Greek word translates uh, nation as an ethnic, which we get the English word, ethnic, a word often used to describe the various people groups. So when we read nations, we had political boundaries, but that's not what Jesus means. When he talks about nations, he means the ethnic groups of the world, hmm. the people groups of the world, the language groups of the world, the racial groups of the world. He means that this church is the church going out to all people groups yeah. of the world and languages of the world and racial groups of the world. Yeah. He's calling us to go to every and you're probably thinking, "Hi, hey, that's great. I get it. We're supposed to make disciples. We're supposed to live out this mission. But how do you even do that?" Well, simply this: first, we go. Jesus specifically tells them not to just stick with the people they like. He says, "Don't just go to the Jews to Israel. We're going to the entire world." And can I be honest? It took them a long time to understand that. They spent all their first their first portions in Jerusalem until. The church started facing persecution and caused them to expand and, and go out. And sadly to say, sometimes we experience hardships in our life and we think that it's the enemy or we think that it's God being mad at us, but God's actually using that to make much more stuff through us. Mm-hmm. That as we face hard times, we become more compassionate, more empathetic and our mission and make sure becomes all the clearer. Because to kind of tell you guys, let's be honest, when we're, when we're caught in a good life, and life is good, it's pretty easy for us to pray. It's pretty easy to say, oh, "I'll get to church next time." It's pretty easy to say, uh, you know, talking about that person, you can wait. But when we begin to feel real pain, it brings a lot of clarity. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Can I just tell you guys? Uh, this isn't my notes, but just to be a little honest with you, uh, a year before I moved here, my little brother passed away. He's in a car accident. And it was a very shocking thing, and uh, me and my family I had a really hard time with that. He was. Only 18 at the time so it was kind of cost the card at first I was really angry I didn't know what to do I looked back and forth but can I be honest God's used that situation a lot in my life yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying this to make you guys feel bad for me but what I'm saying is this God took a tragedy in my life God took something that was so unbearable so hard and he made much of himself in that situation and that's all that we can hope for yeah
1: That's the great promise of God, that every single
0: portion of pain, every single single hard time or good time or anything we face is not meaningless and it's not significant. Mm -hmm. It's meaningful and it's purposeful if we'll let God use it. We'll put it in His hands. It took the church a long time to understand that. But when they did, the gospel began to go to the whole world. Mm -hmm. The point is this that believers need to be active. We're not married. God means crossing boundaries to make disciples. Going across the street. Going to dinner with an unbelieving friend. Going to the near city. Going beyond some comfort zone to make the gospel accessible to the lost. Living life is going with a purpose every day. Can I tell you that it says go, but a a better translation would be as you go. When I first became a Christian, I thought that I needed to go to Africa to do this, but that's not necessarily what it's saying. It's saying as you live your life. Make much of Jesus in every situation. As you're going to the store, as you're going to work, as you're talking with your family, your friends, your neighbors, be about the mission of God. Come on. As you do everything, be intentional. Give everything a meaning in your life. So the first thing was to go. The second one is this to be baptized. Baptism is simply a profession of faith, it's bringing people publicly into the community of God. Baptism is an outward demonstration of an inward change. How many of you guys have ever gone uh, shopping? That's not the actual full question. That's a CDK for Who you guys (laughs) have ever gone shopping? (laughs) How about Let's go. One of my ultimate, like, least favorite things to do uh, is go shopping. Can't stand it, but uh, sometimes I do it because I love my wife and that's what you do. So I went shopping (laughs) a couple weeks ago. and I went to the soup. I looked she asked me to get some soup and I was looking and as I was looking through there was this one can that had no label on it. And I was so intrigued with like mystery to me at school. It was like, this is a horse? <laughs> this is the another? a can with something or another. But uh, I looked at it and there was just a silver can with no label on it. I was like, crazy. I have no idea what's going on inside this. Here's the here's cool. Baptism is simply putting the label around the theme of your life. It's showing everybody what's what's on the inside of your life. Say, hey, Jesus is doing something awesome on the inside, yeah. and I'm going to show it on the outside. That's right. That's good.
1: I wear this wedding ring because it's, it shows you guys that I that love and, and committed to my wife. If I were to take it off
0: right now, it doesn't make me any less married. What it does is it celebrates, showing the whole world, look, a girl actually like likes me. I have to my parents all the time. I'm like, look, <laughs> <"They love> me. <laughs> Um, being baptized is doing the same thing It's saying that I'm a, I'm a broken Sinful wretch But there's a God who loves me yeah. And I'm, I just want to be honest We have this weird type of baptism Either we're like the person that's like Hey I just got saved right now Let's hop in the tub and I think that's awesome Or people that's like I need to go through the ceremony Of you know 20 classes Before I can be baptized we see all the time in the New Testament that once somebody's saved, they're baptized like, immediately. Immediately. It's, it's not something that I would say you need to do to be saved, but if you are saved, it's a command of Jesus that you need to do. It. Mm-hmm. Yep. And That's so right. we have that baptism on the 12th, and I just encourage you if you're not baptized, if you're the believer in Jesus, it's time to get down. To it's time to do it. I know it's probably going to be cold on the 12th, we're going to be outside, it's summer, but I, can't say that. I came from Minnesota, and I kid you not, in the middle of, I think it was like early January of last year, I had a student come up to me and say, hey, I'd really like to be baptized. Um, I'm doing a polar punch with my friends, going, can, can we get baptized then? i like, dude, uh, I love you <laughs> a whole lot. This is a lot fast. So you we know, go, it is, I'm not exactly, it is negative 28 degrees outside. We're sitting on a frozen lake, and I'm like, hey, I'm kind of like Peter, walking on water, <laughs> And they take a chainsaw, and put out a hole, they do their little polar punch and then he comes up to and he's like, all right, I'm ready to be baptized. So I get in. We dunk him. He comes out. I get out. I'm like shivering. I don't have the best attitude. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. and the student comes up to me. He's like, Ty, I just want to thank you so much for baptizing me. He's like, Can I tell you? I know it sucked and it actually kind of hurt. But it's like the next thing that the pain that I felt just reminded me of the sacrifice and the pain that Jesus went through for me. We can make a lot of excuses in our life. We live in a very, very comfortable society. We uh, get frustrated when Amazon takes two days to deliver a package. <laughs> we get, we get annoyed when we're standing in front of the microwave and it takes 45 seconds to heat <laughs> up our can of rabbit soup. Like, we, we get frustrated, but can I tell you that Jesus is something worth going to pain for? Yes. Jesus is some, something worth being inconvenienced for. Yeah. Be baptized. And thirdly, he says. Thirdly, he says. Uh, first thing he says in my two. Secondly, he says, baptizing. No testing, lastly. Thirdly, he says, teach them. So far, at this point, Jesus has been the teacher. Everywhere he's gone, he's taught disciples, he's taught groups of people. But now, he's passing the torch. And notice he doesn't say, hey, go and share your own political agenda. Tell everyone <laughs> about your hobbies. Let everyone know your favorite color. But he's saying, go and teach the things that I have taught you. There's a reason why I don't spend the whole time Up here working on my stand-up You know, my stand-up routine You know, it's pretty good I'll tell you guys a different time But I don't spend some days You know, trying to make it overly funny Or trying to share a lot of personal stories And it's not because I don't want you guys to know me It's because it's so much more important That you guys hear the word of God So much more important In fact, one of my all-time favorite quotes The guy says Preach the gospel Die and then we forgot. And there's some sober truth to that. Because our life seems so important to us, but Ecclesiastes tells us that our life is a labor. It's over quickly. And the greatest thing we can do with our life is to get it to the latency of kingdom of God. That's good, yeah. You want to be remembered? Give your life away. Yeah. And it'll be so much more significant yeah. and impactful than we could ever do living for ourselves. How much of what Jesus commanded is supposed to be so Oh, that was That's good. What you guys got it. Oh. Oh. James Boyce says Christ commanded us to teach them to obey everything. Which means that for Christians, a lifetime of learning must follow conversion in Christ's church. It's not about just checking it off the list, it's about living a life fully devoted to becoming and knowing Jesus. To be a disciple is to obey Jesus' teaching. It's not simply about getting a lot of information, but it's about getting information that transforms your heart and your life. Mm-hmm. We don't want to simply be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. That's good. Mm-hmm. Discipleship is more than counseling. It's more than therapeutic theism. It's more than just making people feel better. Discipleship is about transforming people's lives with the power and work of the Holy Spirit. As the band comes up, I want to end with a story. In high school, I had the opportunity to audit any college class I wanted for free. High school was trying to get kids interested in going to college. I was like, huh, free? I'll I'll do it. You get to audit. You don't get any credits, but you get to go. I got to get out of class and stuff. It was fun. I was quite an academic, so I chose to audit uh, comic book history. (laughs) I said, man, this is going to help me on my art degree. It's going to be great. I began to take this class, and I love it. It's like my favorite thing, I show up five minutes late, leave five minutes early, sometimes I just don't go. My I is to just talk about comic books and then leave. But something I noticed throughout that term is every time I would go, there was these other students who uh, were really stressed out. And they paid really close attention, they'd write things down, and although they liked the material, they were not as willing nilly and carefree as me. And so I began to ask them, like, why are you so stressed out? This is about comic books. It's a lot of fun. And they're like, well, we have an exam coming up. We have homework and papers to write. We've got to take notes so we know all of this. And I was like, oh, I don't have to do any of that. I don't have to do any homework. I don't have to take any exams. I don't have to take any notes. I can just do whatever I want because I have no responsibility. And a lot of us, we come into the church every Sunday. We come to our thing and we're here auditing Jesus and not taking the class we're opting out of responsibility. We don't understand that our life is an exam. Now one day we're going to go before the teacher and we're going to have to explain. And I'm just going to get a little funky feel off on you. The Bible teaches that in, in times both unbelievers and believers are going to be judged. They're two separate judgments, judged are the two separate things. The unbelievers, it's you don't know me, so here's the fruit of your life. For believers, it's coming before Jesus is and he's going to ask us, I've given you spiritual gifts. I've given you all this time, all these relationships, all these things. What have you done with it? And I am so nervous for those of us that will go before him and say, Jesus, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't understand. I thought I was just here to have a good time to do whatever I wanted to do. I really enjoyed you. I really enjoyed your presence, my works and all the gifts you gave me. But sadly, I squandered it. I didn't take any responsibility. I didn't live a life of purpose and meaning. I didn't go after your mission. I just can't imagine having to look Jesus in the face and say, thank you for everything you've done for me. I wasted it all. I've done nothing. I want to be a person. I want us to be a sure that When we go before the Father, we can say, you know, I made some mistakes, but everything you gave me, I did my best to make much of it. It's like that parable with the money, where they, sit, uh, where you know, the people that got five points made ten. The person that got two made four. And he goes up to the one and said, "What do you do?" And he's like, "Well, I didn't, I didn't know what to do, so I just buried it, and did nothing." He's like, "What a waste! Why didn't you at least give it to somebody else so they, so that you can get interest off it? You did nothing. Let's not live a wasted life. Let's live a life of purpose and of meaning." I hope you're not here a lot of Jesus. Because there's so much more. Because can I say God doesn't exist for us, we exist for God to bring glory. And the best way to bring glory is to know his heart. And after we he know his heart to be about his mission, which is the loss. I'm going to make the prayer scene up real quick, and we're going to go over a few things that uh, I love to pray with you guys about. Um, can I be honest? I love prayer. Um, when I first started <laughs> preaching, I was pretty terrible, like pretty awful. And one of the things, and this sounds like one of the most encouraging things my pastor at the time told me, he said, the best thing you can do, even if you're terrible, the best thing you can do is read a lot of Bible and have a lot of prayer. Because the word never turns void and going before Jesus is never fruitless. And so there's a few action steps that I want us to pray for this morning. First one is this maybe you're here and I'm talking all about mission and Jesus church and you're saying, Hey, that's awesome. I don't even know who Jesus is. Like that Johnny Cash song, I encourage you, repent. Make Jesus your Lord. Follow after him, go after his heart and be transformed. There's some of us here that we're inert, we've never gone anywhere. We've, we've been auditing our faith. And can I tell you, make the choice to make change? I have an awesome opportunity for you to go. Mm-hmm. This week.